Hey, Cheesemosas. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheesemit Queens. And if you're new to this podcast and uh, not from South Texas, Cheesemit means gossip. So we are here for all the Cheesemit, all the piping hot tea, all the gossip about Married at First Sight. So if you have any to share, make sure you hit us up on our social accounts including Instagram at uh, Cheese McQueen's podcast and on Twitter at Cheese McQueen's. We're also building a community on Facebook, so go ahead and find us there. And if you like what you hear today, make sure you share, like, subscribe, and rate this podcast. All right, before we get started, Igby, do you have any Cheese Smith? Not really. I feel like this season is super dry. I don't know if the NDAs got tighter or what's going on, but it doesn't seem like a lot is really out there. Yeah, it was it was pretty dry. Maybe it's just that the people are have better friends and better family. <laughs> They're not spilling the tea like others. I don't know, because they don't seem that great on the show. This is true. I know you would... You would think that like people would be coming out of the woodwork for Alyssa and for um, what's her face, Lindsay, co-worker. She's you know scorned and such. Elijahwan um, too, if he was in the streets so much. That's true. All the all the hoes coming out. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say they don't want to expose themselves. They don't want to associate themselves. With <laughs> That's <it>. true. <laughs> I know. I will say this. Um, I don't know who it is on Reddit. I had uh, asked, and I guess I maybe I shouldn't ask anymore, but uh, when, remember last week we were talking about Alyssa has a type and someone posted a picture of her ex-boyfriend or whatever. Well, whoever posted that, I reached out and I was like, hey, can I share this on Instagram? And they're like, no, but you can share this. And it was like a picture of Alyssa with all these dogs she saved. And, and yeah, mm. and I was like, oh, is this Alyssa? And then after like a bit i didn't respond and then they responded again and they said never mind don't share that one either and i was like okay well don't send me anything then <laughs> why are you it's like come on weird it was strange it was a strange interaction um but she's made regarding Alyssa. i think she posted something about um how she had hooked up a, a veteran with a serve a dog uh through her adoption agency i think she has her own nonprofit. maybe uh where I'm she not sure i didn't look into i'm it. not sure too there's been it's there's like conflicting things about it so i'm not sure um, of course but she posted that she had that she had posted about this adoption and then the comments underneath were just like attacking her and that people were saying that they hope she dies alone and just kind of vicious kind of comments and so she's like, please stop cyberbullying me. And, uh, but yeah, that's about it. I feel kind of bad that that's what people are doing, but it comes with the territory and I feel yikes. I was about to say that's, that's the internet for you. Yeah. People love to start typing fast behind those screens. <laughs> it's not that serious. This is supposed to be fun. It should be fun to make fun of her, but you don't need to be attacking her on her own social media posts kind of crazy that's how people are i know i know in other news uh rachel and jose are officially divorced like as of today <laughs> or yeah. yesterday like yeah breaking news <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute so that means that they had to probably pay for it out of their own pocket since it's been so long Mm-hmm. i would think don't you think probably yeah 
Rachel, girl, you could have used that money to go somewhere. Now you spend it on a lawyer. <laughs> when know, you do right? damn well on decision day, you should have mm-hmm. said no. That's for sure. You should have known the day he went crazy on you. Hello, when you were uh, locked out of your house, you should have known. <laughs> not husband material. <laughs> Might not be a look. Also from season 14, Gil has been spotted at a high-end fashion store with another young lady. So, Mr. My Wife Spends Too Much, Mr. You Don't Need All Those Shoes, You Don't Need All Those Handbags, is out here trying to flash some money, wooing some other person. Thoughts? It ain't tricking if you got it now. He ain't got shit. (laughs) He got a lifetime check. I guess, but I it seems like maybe he doesn't have the money habits the money habits to um sustain such a lifestyle. Why pay rent when you can wear it? Buy back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. No thanks. No thanks, no Gil. But, but yeah, that's all the cheese I had. It was it was pretty pretty dry. Yeah, there seems to be more this season, there seems to be more speculation about what's actually happening on the show as opposed to what's happening in real time and outside of that. Yeah, for sure. There's a, a lot of opinions this season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but like Lindsay said, opinions. Girl, if you don't them. shut the hell up, <laughs> shut up. Get out of my face. I'm Katina to the bullshit. Go away. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, well, let's jump in it. Let's jump in it. Uh, so we are covering Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 5. Igby, do you have a title? Yes, I do. It's not a sure thing. Get it? Got it. They're on so the shore. Good. They're down the shore. Got Is it. Is that a Boston thing, too? Not just the Jersey thing? I don't I think they just meant because they're by the ocean. Yeah, they're not the even seashore. at the shore. They're in Puerto Rico. <laughs> It's a seashore, right? I don't know. I live in Texas. Nobody cares. <laughs> All right, let's start with, uh, how about some Katina and Lajuan? They had quite the episode. Indeed. Yeah, now that we're getting out of the weddings and, like, into them, um, your boy, Lajuan. My boy. I nope. am not liking his big old bobblehead ass. I didn't like him. You know, I called it from the jump because he's kept saying my wife my wife you're my wife like it's so territorial it's so uh possessive and i think that really shows here in in their in their segment yeah i was saying the same thing on twitter when i was live tweeting the episode like why does he keep saying that he never refers to her by her name it's only my wife i was like does Mm -hmm. he not know katrina's name (laughs) (laughs) it's weird And yeah, he puts a weird inflection on it too. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, he yeah, I'm not I'm not feeling him right now. But anyway, right off the bat, he is telling us how he loves waking up to his wife because she smiles as soon as she sees him. She does it so naturally. She doesn't even realize it that every time she opens her eyes and looks at him, she smiles because he thinks that she's really enjoying their moments of just waking up together. Bruh. <laughs> Who thinks all of this <laughs> about someone waking up? Like, I don't, he's It's strange. It's a story. He's like, well, exactly like why he's not using her actual name. This is like a, a box he's trying to fit everything into. This is like his perfect marriage. It's his movie. 
it's his story and he's the main character you know what i mean yeah so let me write this narrative (sighs) i don't know uh, then they go into him and his uh, cuddling skills again. There has been no improvement from uh, night one. <laughs> you know, as we previously discussed, hoes don't cuddle. Facts. I'm still not even understanding what the what his malfunction is like. What? It, well, she kind of they go into it. Like he was like, yeah, I was you know touching you and everything. She's like, no, you turned over on the other side and like you didn't touch me at all. Like so, like <laughs> literally, he's. Because I'm like, what is so complicated about cuddling? <laughs> but literally, he is like, turned his back to her and <laughs> that's like, it. We're, they're touching and that's good enough. Butt to butt. <laughs> right. Because he's thinking he did a phenomenal job, but she's like, no. So she thinks that maybe they should try spooning where he's the big spoon. But he feels like he's too big. Where? That doesn't make any sense. No. Then they like do a practice round of cuddling where he kind of like lays on her chest and like puts his arm around her and she's like, yeah, just like this. And then you fall asleep like that. And he says, well, your body temperature is too hot, (laughs) which I totally understand because this is why I don't like cuddling. Mm -hmm. I know at a certain point I'm like, I'm too hot. Thank you. I'm warm enough. So then they decide they can't cuddle until they figure this all out because Katina's not trying to wake up covered in his sweat. (laughs) Then he goes on this thing about how, yeah, it's like hot until, you know, it happens. So I guess he thinks like his body dripping in sweat is like sexy. And she's kind of looking at him like, um, no. (laughs) Because like, do you actually know like how sweaty you are? And he's like, no. And she's like, yeah, it's a problem. Like, you may need to go to the doctor and look into getting Botox injections into your glands to stop your, like, hyperhidrosis. Ew. Uh, But then he says that it might just be his nerves, you know, being in bed with such a, like, beautiful woman. And she's like, cut the shit. We know Mm -hmm. you're (laughs) hoe. This isn't your first go around. No. But nonetheless, she's not trying to wake up with the left side of her bed soaking in sweat. So gross. Yeah. But the next scene we see of them is they're going into the gym with their monochromatic outfits on. Katina says that she'd rather be at the pool, but she wants to incorporate her life with her husband's life. So she's going to the gym as a compromise. But at the same time, she wants to keep her guard up because she doesn't know this man. So we see them setting out the mats, picking up weights, all that stuff. Out of the gate, Olajuwon says that it's not going to be an easy workout. So we see them doing supersets and all the entire time he's correcting her form. And it's to the point where he, to me, seemed aggravated that she like wasn't doing it right or that she wasn't following his instruction to his liking. Well, I think he was just also, yeah, maybe I would, I don't want to say aggressive, but like purposely pushing her buttons. Right. You know what I mean? Like finding any little thing to correct her on because he wants this like Stepford wife. Yeah. I mean, he even tells her that she needs to respect his element. This is the gym is his thing and she needs to be respectful yeah, of that. Did not like that at all. And I'm surprised she didn't say anything. So even in the workouts, she feels that he's pushing her too hard and he just keeps it going. He even tells her if she drops the dumbbell during an exercise, it's going to be over. Like marriage over. I'd be, yeah, that's so (laughs) stupid. I'd be like, okay, ultimatums aren't healthy. Bye. (laughs) 
And then again, I have in my notes, he's just like spitting out commands. Don't give up. Squeeze your abs. Smile. Don't, you don't have to do this slow. You should be having a good time. Think about everything you should be enjoying. Da, 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 da. Like Mm-mm. that's, I think that's when Katina finally hits her breaking point and is like, she tells him she's not enjoying this and working that out is not her thing. Like this isn't cool with her. And he tells her that working out isn't about what you like. It's about what makes you look good and what helps you improve yourself. And yeah, at this point, Katrina says, I think in an ITM that, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) This, okay. I, this iPad and these names is a truth (laughs) because it autocorrects everything to something crazy. But nonetheless, Katina realizes at this point that, yeah, he has a strong personality. She says that she would have cried if she dated someone like this in her 20s, and she's kind of triggered by it. So there could be an issue here. I could see this transferring outside of the gym. Yeah, he's super crazy. Like, this is just a sneak preview of what's to come. Exactly. I mean, again, like he said, it's his element. But, like, why are you being so serious? Like, this Mm -hmm. is supposed to be just chill like this is your honeymoon this is day two (laughs) or three why are you coming at her i didn't like it i didn't like it at all nor did i so the next scene we see is well with them is um there's a group excursion with all of our couples so initially we learned that although elajuan said he didn't need an apology from Lindsay, he did get one via dm on instagram the night before And of course, she did it off camera, in private, so that wouldn't mess up the narrative that she's already trying to have play out on scene. I see what you're doing. Like, if he wouldn't have brought it up, we would have never known. Uh, He says, though, that he doesn't want to dwell on it because Lindsay is not important to him or his marriage or to his wife. So she's Mark's problem, and (laughs) he can deal with that going forward. So they're going on a uh, boat ride together on, like, a catamaran. And on the ride out to sea, I guess Olajuwon is the gill of this season because he starts being nosy (laughs) and starts asking the couple's questions like a game show host or talk show host. Uh, He says that they're now getting to know each other on the honeymoon. Is there anything that they've learned? And they all kind of say that they've all been speaking about their past relationships. Then Olajuwon takes it upon himself to take it a step further and ask if anyone's consummated their marriage. And it's pretty silent. You can see Katina is already annoyed. And she's like, why are you getting all in everybody's business? And he's just like, Mm -hmm. well, I might as well just throw it out there. Again, everybody's just kind of like, not really saying anything. And they specifically ask Mark. I don't know why it went to them. But he doesn't say anything. But Lindsay does this like SpongeBob laugh, nervous laughter. That's a dead giveaway. And then she starts turning red. Exactly. They And they're all surprised that she's actually at a loss for words for once. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's uh, she starts blushing and is kind of embarrassed. She like pulls her hat down, pull, puts her sunglasses on. Um, but then at that point, she flips it on Olajuwon and asks him, you know, what about y'all? And he says no. And Katino's like, yeah, that's why he was asking, because he knew it was a hard no for him. <laughs> Then uh, Michael chimes in to comment that he and Jasmina haven't consummated their marriage either. And he asks her, it's only been like three days we've been married. And she says that she's just um, someone that wants to have an emotional connection first. Then the cameras cut to Steve and he's kind of saying that he's down for whatever. 
Um, he says they discussed it and that Noi is more comfortable keeping that information between the two of them and he's going to respect that. So it's none of your business, basically. Basically. Then Lindsay asks about Alyssa and Chris and Chris is like, <laughs> you're obviously not stupid. <laughs> we don't even look at each other. So how are right? you sex? <laughs> Have, you, she damn well knows they have separate rooms. Exactly. Like, thank you for making it more awkward than it already is. Thank you for pointing it out even more. Yeah. But once they get to, I guess, the little island or wherever, the group kind of separates. The girls are stay on the boat to talk, and then the guys go um, off to shore with a random surfboard. Yeah. <laughs> that was there for no reason. <laughs> First, the girls talk. So they're all checking in on how the first night went. Noi says hers was good, that her and Steve are very comfortable around each other. And at this point, it's eerie because she feels like she's slowly falling in love with Steve. She can feel it happening. And they kind of talk about uh, what transpires from there as far as yeah. that conversation goes. Then they ask Alyssa how her night went. And we can hear Katina in the background saying like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Because they know she's going to come with some bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, we don't need to talk about that. We've come to a good place and, you know, we're moving forward and we're going to just do the best with the situation that we've been given. So then Lindsay starts to ask more clarifying questions and Alyssa's like, no, we need to move on. Find something else to talk about. <laughs> Shuts it down. Yep. Uh, so then Lindsay takes that opportunity to talk about her and Mark. She says they're peas and carrots, the perfect match. They balance each other out very well. She would have never picked him up at a bar, but he's the perfect man for her. Then she says that she loves him and he's the one. We saw in last episode, she said she loved him too after he, you know, played Captain Save-A-Ho. Yeah. <laughs> after she was acting the fool on the plane. It is bizarre. That is bizarre to me. I don't, what kind of man is she dating before were just a normal type of action. Because I don't even think he was going above and beyond. He was just like, let's let's diffuse the situation. Let's just right. step away. It wasn't like he was puffing out his chest and, and you know, trying to battle Olajuwon or anything like that. He was just, okay, let's, let's separate. Let's be normal human beings. It's not like he was. But no, after that action, she was like, oh, I love him. Crazy. Yeah. And all the other girls are shocked, too. They're like, you love him already? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then they ask if she's told him, and he's like, she says no. Of course, she has to keep some secrets to herself. So as far as we know, she hasn't said anything to him about it. Uh, then Noi says that, well, she's happy that Lindsay is back with them, um, you know, as a group, because this is the first time she's interacted with them since the airport incident. Mm -hmm. And then Lindsay goes on to say that she was just triggered. She had been in a relationship with someone who would lose their mind when they were drinking. And the moment on the plane brought her back to that place. And it was just really about her and her history. So she needed to take a step back and tell herself, you know, that situation was a long time ago. And that's not what's happening right now. And Katina is not with it. She... She can't help herself. <laughs> yeah, she's already throwing a face. She like lays down at one point because she's like, I can't even, I need to totally disengage from this because I can't even listen to this conversation. But eventually she sits back up and she tells Lindsay, you know, you triggered that moment for yourself, right? 
And Lindsay says, well, there's three sides to the truth, yours, mine, and the actual truth. Except not, right? Because everybody was there. Exactly. They all saw the truth. Exactly. <laughs> like, and nobody is disputing anything. No. Except for Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. There's not yours, mine, and the truth. There's just the truth. <laughs> and that's what Katina says. She's like, the truth or your perception of it. Uh-huh. Then Lindsay says, well, her and Olajuwon talked the night before, so it's between them. And Katina says, you know, I don't care about this whole like little stupid saying you're trying to do and, you know, whatever you're talking about right now. Then like Jasmina at this point is like looking off into the like horizon. She's like praying to God, like, (laughs) make me a bird so I can fly far, far away. Even noise face. (laughs) Yeah, none of them are like into this conversation happening except Alyssa she she's smiling and like loving it because finally the heat's off her probably mm-hmm. well as soon as as soon as uh, Katina starts going in she's just like you've seen that um the meme with eating the popcorn she's just, like leaning forward and smiling <laughs> big she's like get her get her <laughs> but yeah at this point Katina is really getting upset and getting pissed off so she has to you know walk away for a second take a breather yeah so her and uh, Alyssa follows right after her immediately uh we see them um in like I don't know what it's called I want to say below deck but that's like below <laughs> below <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea I'm not even gonna try <laughs> but we see them on the boat in a different area and Alyssa is you know telling Katina Lindsay's not even worth it just sit on the other side of her because they were sitting right next to each other. She's mm-hmm. like, just come sit next to me on the other side and, you know, just think. Try to calm her down. Yeah, just relax. So I guess Katina, you know, does a, a lap around the boat and then comes back to the group and she does sit on the opposite side. And she says that she knows that Lindsay and Olajuwon talked, but she's not like him. And then she starts breaking it down. She tells Lindsay that her using the excuse of being triggered isn't going to fly because she's a grown man or grown man. <laughs> she's a grown woman. <laughs> you know, at 35 years old, if you have problems, you need to seek out help and heal yourself from these things. Like you can't just fly off the handle and then blame it on you being triggered. Yeah. She also tells her that when you get sauced up, you can't put that on somebody else too. Again, you are too old to be out here getting sloppy drunk and acting Mm -hmm. crazy. Oh, and then she also tells her that, secondly, you can't poke the bear and then play victim. You're right. You're being manipulative and that's not cool. So to all this, Lindsay replies, that's rude. You're being rude. (laughs) That's really rude. And Katina says, I don't care if it's rude. I'm letting you know. And it's because you're rude. (laughs) But even then, she goes on to tell her that she's not a bad person. Like, there's kindness within her, but Mm -hmm. she's doing all this weird, sneaky, goofy side stuff that's not cool. And like we've said before, Lindsay is an attention seeker. She wants to Mm -hmm. be the star of this show. So she's acting out of character, possibly, or acting out. She's acting out, period. Yeah. To try to get more screen time, essentially. Lindsay is going to say something back to her, but Katina kind of shuts it down and says she doesn't really want to hear what she has to say. Oh, and Lindsay says, well, when this airs or when this shows, you'll be able to see the real me 
And Katina's like, I don't give a shit about a show. This is right? happening right now. I'm here right now. I can see you right now. I don't need to see it when it comes out on TV. Then that's when Lindsay gives her quotable that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. That opinions are like assholes and everybody has one and nobody thinks that there's stinks. And it's like, of course you have to, she has to hit with a punchline one-liner. Yeah. So uh, then we see Katina back with Alyssa and she says she's not in this to build friendships or to be on TV. She's here for her husband and her marriage. And that's what she wants to focus on. So then they show Lindsay saying uh, she felt triggered and just needed a moment to collect herself and regroup. So Jasmina has to explain to Lindsay that Katina isn't mad about her needing to regroup. It's that Lindsay is the one that caused the triggering situation. This was all your fault. Yes. (laughs) That's what she's upset about. (laughs) She could have stopped, but she didn't. And this is how this is all playing out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, Jasmina continues to explain that people can't always take Lindsay being at 100 all the time. And that that doesn't make her a bad person. It's just that, you know, sometimes personalities don't click like that. Yeah. And Lindsay's like, well, that's not how I feel. That's not what people are telling me. Whatever. In an interview or an ITM, Lindsay says that she was upset on the boat because of the comments Katina made. Um, they were devaluing her experience and that's unfair Lindsay says that being vulnerable and open is a sign of strength and awareness and courage and you should never judge anybody on their truth or their experiences girl bye this is just more (laughs) of her spinning to gain her sympathy from us as the Mm -hmm. audience okay girl Mm -hmm. no no not for me not today yeah because again this was all you this was all you and nobody is saying anything otherwise that's my whole thing Nobody this entire time has backed Lindsay at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not even her husband. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the girl talk. The guys aren't having as deep of conversation. (laughs) They're a little, the tensions aren't as high with them. No. We start off with Steve telling the guys that Noe kind of hit him with the hardball about her feelings of love and falling for him so early. Uh, They ask him if he's scared and he says, yeah, kind of, because they've only known each other a couple of days and they're moving at a really fast pace. Yeah. Uh, So they ask him about his response and they kind of go into him saying that he told her that he was happy that she expressed herself, but he's not really at that point yet. Yeah. And that, you know, maybe... She might be looking at him sideways now because maybe that's not enough of a response, especially in the right direction for her. So things could maybe be shaky now, but they're kind of just moving along. Uh, So then Mike throws out a question to the group and he says, how do you find balance between going with the flow and putting too much pressure too fast? He says he feels like he's not going with the flow and that's making an issue where there shouldn't be one in the first place. Steve advises him that if you feel like you're going too far, too fast, fall back a little bit. Simple as that. Like if you think you're doing too much and it's causing an issue, chill out. Maybe let her take the lead at that point and kind of guide the situation. But then Steve asks if Olajuwon has been experiencing anything like that with Katina. And this is when he lets us know of his master plan. Mm -hmm. So we talked about the gym earlier. He says that When they went to the gym, it wasn't just to work out. He was actually testing her. (laughs) He was 
purpose, like you said, purposely pushing her. Yeah. He was intentionally making her uncomfortable to force her to speak up, which eventually in the end she did. And he says he loves that. He's gross. (laughs) Well, he just wants to make sure this is real. Whatever. I mean, there's other avenues and if you don't, she seems like a super genuine person. And if you can't take that at face value, that's, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you have some issues to work through or, or maybe he, it's the insecurities of what's reflected back at him because he's the one who's never done this before. Exactly. But nonetheless, you know, he doesn't want her to be passive and lovey-dovey just because they're, you know, in paradise on their honeymoon. You got to keep it real. This is a life long commitment you can't just go through the motions he's ridiculous so next we have mark saying that this has been really interesting for him the wedding was a lot then they had the whole plane situation and that made him take a step back because he wasn't cool with all that was happening he doesn't even know what triggered the situation to pop off in the first place but then he remembered that her friend said that he has to be able to reel her in and he thought to himself, okay, I can reel you in once or twice, but at some point you have to stop. Yeah. How, how is she this old and think that this, these actions are okay still? Like they obviously, you know, trigger and, and make people react and she just enjoys it. That's what it is. She enjoys it. Yeah. She, she lives for the drama. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think Elajuan asks him if her energy is going to tire him out. And he really takes a second to like think about it. And he says, yeah, she's a lot, (laughs) which seems to be the only way people can characterize Lindsay. That's all they've been saying. She's a lot. She's a lot. Yeah. They're trying not to be um, rude or uh, say something mean. So that's all they can come up with. Right. (laughs) Because even then, Steve says that this is starting to sound like it's a deal breaker situation. Mm -hmm. If this continues to happen. In the relationship, they can't, you know, be together. Yeah. And Mark says that he told her this. It's hard for him to feel okay in situations about them as a couple if she continues to act like this. And that she needs to keep that in mind the next time something presents itself. Again, it's like we were saying last week, the girlfriend that starts a fight in the bar with some dude and is like, my (laughs) boyfriend's going to kick your ass. Wait, I didn't ask to be in this. How did I get in it? (laughs) You know, he's not going to always want to fight her battles. Right. And he shouldn't have to. But uh, that kind of sums up their chat. Then they all get back on the boat and are going back to the resort. We see Mark and Lindsay are kind of talking in the corner. And Lindsay is telling him about, um, you know, what happened during the little girl's uh, group. Her version of what happened. (laughs) And she says she's just thinking about everything Katina said to her and how she said it. And he goes, yeah, that's what I'm always telling you. The way, what you say and the way you say things can affect people differently. And she's like, uh, no, you weren't supposed to turn that on me. I was just saying I'm upset the way she talked to me. And he's like, okay, right, right, right. We get it. You're upset. Um, So we got to figure out a plan. Probably you should just keep your mouth shut and just, <laughs> you know, we want to be as amicable as possible. You know, just try and enjoy us. And Lindsay is giving him the most, like, what the fuck face. Well, this just gives me flashbacks to the dad. who You know how we were like, oh my gosh, that's so harsh. that he said, just shut your mouth. But no, we get it now. We get it. (laughs) The dad knew what's up. Exactly. 
Yeah, she's like, what? Because she's trying to vent to him and he's like, stop making this a thing. <laughs> stop bringing it up. We're trying to leave it behind. Yeah. You're ruining our honeymoon. Yeah, in a voiceover, Mark says that he wants Lindsay to walk away from things they don't need to get into as a couple. He thinks it's hard for her because she always wants to get her point across. But sometimes that point causes a whole fiasco. At the end of the day, if the house is on fire, don't throw gas on it. Put water. Maybe call 911. Or just leave the house if it's not even yours. <laughs> Perfect analogy for Why her. are you even getting in it? Doesn't have anything to do with you. Just walk away. Uh, so at this point, they rejoin the group and they decide to play the world's stupidest game, Never Have I Ever. Oh, I like it. I like this game when I'm not in it. It's entertaining as hell. <laughs> I mean... Like, it's one of those games, There's, is there a winner? No. It's like truth mm -mm. or dare. Mm -hmm. You're going to be embarrassed either way. This is just yeah. a way to be nosy and get in people's business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ask questions without asking. So they uh, go around. Chris starts it off and says he's never been outside of the U.S. or Canada. Lindsay says she's never murdered somebody. I don't know. I wouldn't have admitted it in the game. Duh. On TV? Why would you do that? <laughs> Michael says he's never been arrested, but they are surprised to find out that Jasmina has been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> and I was surprised that Katina had such a big reaction because she put a finger down too. Oh, did she? Yep. So why were you in jail, ma'am? I know. Inquiring minds would like to know. <laughs> but uh, Jasmina explains that, you know, her record is clean. She did her community service. It was basically, uh, it was in high school. There was a big fight that went down and kind of everybody just got swept by the police yeah and that's how she ended up getting arrested but she did win the fight which is the important part yep noi says that she's never gone skinny dipping that's when jasmina calls everybody who put a finger down a slut sluts <laughs> that was funny <laughs> then katina says she's never cheated that's when steve puts down his fifth and final finger he's already out the game mm -hmm. but noi is like wait a minute did you put a finger down <laughs> So she's very surprised to find out that her husband is apparently a cheater. Uh, it's something that she would have wanted to learn from her husband directly in private or, you know, never. Because it's not a great way to start the honeymoon. But this is definitely going to be a conversation for later, for sure. Now, Olajuwon has the opposite reaction and is extremely surprised that Katina has never cheated. Ever. At all? <laughs> <laughs> Because that's normal. You should definitely always be cheating on your partner. <laughs> his, uh, yeah, his societal norms are not um, what everybody normal. else thinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we're back around to Chris and he says he's never had a threesome. Shocker. <laughs> but if you look fast, you saw Noi and Mark both put a finger down. Really? Yes. Oh, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. But that's because Olajuwon was being loud and proud about his. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I've had a threesome. What do you mean? We do that every weekend. What are you talking about? <laughs> and at this point, uh, they're already almost back, or they are back at the res resort, it looks like. They're, like, docking. And Olajuwon, for some reason, is trying to keep this game going. <laughs> but nobody is really coming up quick with any new questions and he's like there's nothing you wonder if your spouse is done 
Like, this is the time to ask if you're curious. So Jasmina's like, well, obviously you have something to say. So what do you want to ask? And Alyssa's like, yeah, what, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? And he says that, or he asked um, if anybody has ever slept with family members. Everybody what? looks just like straight up confused. <laughs> it's like, are you talking about your cousin or what? What's going on? <laughs> Is there a term for that? Incest? no like you know like if two people have slept with the same person they're like eskimo brothers or sisters oh yeah maybe so is there a term like that if you sleep with two people in the same family besides disgusting i don't want to google that so we'll just leave that up in the air for now if anybody knows (laughs) let us know (laughs) but yeah everyone looks absolutely appalled stunned that he even like brought this up in the first place yeah so then of course they want to know what happens or what happened and he proudly tells everyone that he slept with a mother and a daughter we get some more backstory or context on this um after party yes not that it makes it any better nope because nonetheless the two women knew about one another and all three of them were together at the same time in the same place at some point yeah which is mm, gross like that's that's too close like it would be some one thing if like maybe it was like a cousin or a distant relative and you didn't know but you consciously did this on purpose yes i know i never want to sex shame anybody for their whatever they're into or whatnot but this is kind of this crosses the line (laughs) this is gross no it's not it was a beautiful experience (laughs) Uh, yeah they ask him again if he knew that they were related and he says absolutely 100 (laughs) percent." now katina has to play trash man for her spouse i know and it's like y'all that was the old him he's a changed man now he's not like that anymore because i can tell from the last three days he's totally (laughs) different (laughs) and then he doubles down some more not picking up the hints (laughs) right He asked the group if they would, um, now that they're married, if the opportunity for a threesome were to come up, would they be down for it? And again, everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. Like, what? Shut up. (laughs) It's like he's finally realizing that this is the only pussy he's going to get for the rest of his life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's trying to find an out. (laughs) So Steve jumps in since it's like awkward silence and he's like, So basically, everybody is saying, like, it's off the table, right? And they're all like, yes, it's not an option, including Katina. And Olajuwon is like, yeah, well, yeah, I guess it's off the table then. And she's like, what do you mean you guess? It is. like, (laughs) like, well, if you offered it to me, if you offered me another woman, why would I not? And again, she shuts that down, says that's never going to happen. (laughs) And he says, like, oh, yeah, okay, but if you did. I wouldn't be opposed. <laughs> Elijah I'm going to need you to stop embarrassing your wife on TV. Right? This is so unacceptable. <laughs> he has to, like, does he really not think this is not okay? Like, I don't understand. Does he not see his wife's face and how embarrassed she is? But then we get this next scene on date night at the restaurant. Mm-mm. They sit down and he's asking her how she felt about the day. And she said it was fun. Um, they go back and they start talking about the whole Lindsay situation. 
She says that, you know, even though they talked and he wanted her to stay out of it, when they had the excursion yesterday and Lindsay was, or the, earlier in the day, and Lindsay was saying how she was triggered and making herself out to be the victim, that's why Katina had to say something. Um, she normally would have let it, left it alone, but she has a problem with Lindsay perpetuating, you know, this victim narrative. Mm-hmm. Elajuan is, you know, saying exactly, he understands, yeah, she, that's what she's doing. She's trying to play the victim, that even her own husband had to come to him and apologize because he didn't even know how to control her in the whole mm-hmm. situation. But in Mart's defense, how can he? He just right. met her. Right. <laughs> but Elajuan says not to give Lindsay any more energy. They need to focus on their marriage and move forward. But in a voiceover, we hear him saying that the fact that Katina defended him without him being there, uh, you know, she was doing it from her heart and she wasn't trying to impress him. That's everything to him. That signifies that he's married to the right woman. She's down for her man. Then they start talking about the Never Have I Ever game. And Katina says she learned, you know, a couple of stories from the Isaac era. And he goes on to talk about how Isaac is just the immature version of him who liked to run around and do whatever he wants. And that's as deep as he wants to get into it because it's not important anymore. That's the past, passes in the past. That's when uh, Katina says that that's okay. They don't have to get into it any further. And she lets him know that it doesn't really bother her. And he seems surprised by that, which I was too, because obviously it does bother her. She didn't look very comfortable with the Mm -mm. conversation when it was happening. So I don't know why she's lying in his face like this. So even then he asked further, like, so it didn't bother you that right in front of everybody, I was saying that I sleep with family members and want to have threesomes all over the place and blah, blah, blah. And lying like shit, she says, no, it didn't bother me because, you know, that's your truth. She just doesn't like to share though. So you sharing bothered her. (laughs) I think she meant she doesn't like to share her man. Mm. She's not going to share so You're he right. keeps asking for threesomes and whatnot, but ain't gonna happen. Katina is not down for that. That's right, because right after that, she says once you start doing those stuff like that, it gets sloppy mm-hmm. in your relationship. And why would she want to invite somebody else into their relationship? We see Katina say that she thinks Elajuan likes to brush past the Isaac situation because he believes it has nothing to do with where he is now or what can happen in the future. He's told her that he's a new person and she's getting the brand new best version of him, but she still has doubts. Yeah, if if he's brushing past these, why does he keep bringing this shit up? Because he's brought all of this up. Exactly. Nobody's asking him for these details. Exactly. Uh, she says, you know, it was what you say today going to be what you say tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The story can always change. Then he goes into this whole spiel at the table about how she's his better half and he's only gonna have one wife it's so easy to talk to her he's never been so vulnerable because there's it's never been the right person now he has his queen he loves her so much he even deleted his instagram for her not because he has a whole bunch of shady shit posted on there that Mm -hmm. she's gonna see that and people will be dming him and he can't he cannot resist temptation. Exactly. That's what I said too. Or she, he doesn't want her to know the username for his backup account after he starts his new married <laughs> IG page. Yeah. He got to have the burner old account. Yeah. I was like, girl, I can't believe you bought that. Here. I, I looked up. Okay. So right off the bat, when this started, I was like, he's love bombing her, right? 
Uh-huh. So I looked up the definition of love bombing. So this is a, a, a quote from a, a licensed professional on a Cosmopolitan um, article. It says, love bombing is characterized by excessive attention, admiration, and affection with the goal to make the recipient feel dependent and obligated to that person. And as the recipient, love bombing feels really good because of the boost of dopamine and endorphins you receive. You feel special, needed, loved, valued, and, wor- and worthy which are all components that contribute to increase the person's self-esteem. That's what he's doing. Ding, 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 ding. Yup. Uh, the title of this article, if anybody wants to know, is Here's Everything You Need to Know About Love Bombing and Why It's So Dangerous. This tactics, tactic used by narcissists is a dangerous form of emotional abuse. So there you go. And yeah. just uh, He called it right here. We're calling it. Because <laughs> even to finish out this scene, mm-hmm. he just keeps going. He says that He deleted the page out of commitment to her and his lust for her, uh, but he doesn't want them to get caught up in that lust either. He wants her to recognize that he's the right man for her. And that's crazy because sex isn't even on the table at this point. They haven't even talked about it. Um, At this point, Katina says that obviously they're married, so at some point they're going to want to consummate that marriage. But she prayed for a man that was um, able to control his body. And he says the whole reason he's holding out right now is because... All Isaac did was fuck all the hoes. So he's cool. He don't need to do it right now. He's trying to learn how to cuddle, damn it. <laughs> Katina brings him so much joy that it's not even about the sexual part. He wants to know his wife in and out mentally. He knows that the level of attraction is just going to rise um, even further to the point where they're obsessed with each other because that's passion. Or it's fucking crazy. You shouldn't be obsessed with anybody. Uh, Yeah, he says he can't imagine how he's going to feel when he's in love with her. No, this is Mm -hmm. all bad. This is all bad. Yeah, but people were eating this up. Just like Katina. Uh Uh-huh. They're falling for it. This is a trap. You in in trouble. You in danger, girl. Yeah, there you go. And it just continues on. After dinner, they go back to the hotel room and he's had them put KD on the bed in a heart of roses because he wants her to know this is real. She's Mrs. Katina Dickerson now. There's no more KG. And in ITM, he says that, again, more of this BS that she's his other half, the guardian angel that God brought to him. And she deserves that because other people in her life have failed her. And he know he wants her to know that he's never going to drop the ball. So again, shows them in the hotel room, more rose petals, champagne, all that stuff. Uh, he tells Katina that he doesn't know where she's been his whole life, but he's filled with joy to be standing in front of her. He promises to be the best husband, to be honest and truthful, and to protect her. Then he goes back to quote his vows. And they say them together. God brought us together. He'll get us through this. Amen. <laughs> Olajuwon says this is a fairy tale beyond a dream come true. A man is only as strong as the woman that's beside him. He hopes this truly lasts a lifetime. At this point, they're both crying. Mm-hmm. It's so, it's a lot. And again, he's saying that she's his queen and he's never going to let anyone hurt her. He then carries her to the bed, he's taking off her shoes, giving her a little foot rub while she's sipping on some champagne. He says he's going to take care of her every single day forever. Okay. So then in an interview, 
Katina is saying that she hasn't had this feeling in a very long time. He's sweet to her, even though he may be sour to others. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? It means you, you're looking past it. Yep, because he was sour uh, to her earlier. <laughs> he's very nice and kind to her, and he treats her well. But he's the most thoughtful, sweetest, aggressive man she's ever come across. What? Mm-mm. No one should be loved aggressively. <laughs> Take this love, bitch. <laughs> uh, she says that in her heart, she's at peace. She may have found her person. She feels like she's falling in love, but don't tell anybody. Uh, then uh, she goes, at, well, she's telling him uh, that, like he said earlier, if they had to go back 10 years and do it all over again, if it meant that they ended up at this point, she'd do it again. He said that? She said that. He said oh, it okay. before in another episode. Yeah. He said it at the wedding, I think. Yeah. And now she's saying, yeah, I agree. If I had to do that, I'd, I'd do it. I was going to say, of, of course he'd do it all over again because he was just knocking them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, they're in bed together and he says that when... They look at each other. It's just them in the room. They have beautiful black love. Okay. She tells him, um, oh no, it cuts back to her in the interview. And she says that this is everything that she dreamed of. Again, she's breaking into tears. Mm -hmm. And she says that she wishes that every woman could feel how she feels right now. She's finally happy. She's not in love yet, but this, you know, is helping her get on that path i mean she's crying on camera Mm -hmm. so she's already she's obviously having feels day three in in after party just like a little snippet i think steve brings up a good point he's talking about his situation but it's a good point here you know it's day three in paradise so Mm -hmm. you're getting caught up in all of these feelings and you need to reflect and come back to reality the reality is you don't know this person at all exactly so check yourself <laughs> before you wreck yourself. Mm-hmm. And speaking of getting wrecked, they give us the slow motion uh, hotel room door closing. They're definitely smashing. <laughs> That's not what she says according to after party. I don't believe it. <laughs> he does give a look. He knew exactly what he was doing. I mean, it's not his first rodeo. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was Elijah and Katina this episode. They're a mess. And yeah, <laughs> next week doesn't look so promising either. Oh, I again, don't uh, again, we have him being an ass when they're horseback riding. Oh, yeah. He's like giving her attitude. I guess she's afraid of getting bucked off the horse. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, the horse was going to do it. He would have done it already. Like, no, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> horse can go wild at any point. Yeah, it's. He don't know. He's from Boston. He also has an annoying accent. I try not to pay attention. He just he just annoys me in general. <laughs> yeah. He, he he's definitely this episode has turned people in uh in whatever direction they're gonna go as far as how they feel with mm-hmm. people. I think now yeah, now the personalities are coming out and now people are forming their opinions on what we think of the cast yeah. this season. For sure. Lajuan, nah. I think there's a pretty solid agreement on this next couple, uh, Lindsay and Mark. There's only a few people who are Lindsay stands, but uh, we'll get uh, into it. Probably people just like her. 
She's so yeah. un like she has no self awareness at all. None, none don't at all. Understand. So at the beginning of this episode, I don't know if you noticed, they were doing a diary cam, and mm-hmm. Lindsay's naked in the bed. Mm-hmm. You notice that, right? Yes. Because <laughs> when the camera people come, she has something on. Right. She had on yeah. a, uh, like a, a tank top, and I was like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. I peeped it. I peeped it. Yep. So that's a little clue that they consummated their marriage. Uh oh. Mark the shark. After he defended her honor, she was ready. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to see that tape. They're joking around about goldfish for breakfast. Um, in an ITM, Lindsay again says that their chemistry is undeniable. She has no complaints. So I guess he hit it good. Ew. <laughs> Why is she so shocked that? Like, I'm like, what's going on? When she's like, do you, you eat goldfish dry? Uh, yeah. I didn't understand this either. Yeah, they're cheese. Like, Why would you yeah. put it in milk? I don't know what she <laughs> was talking bowl. about. Yeah, she's gross. Weird. It doesn't even come in a cereal box. Why would you even think milk goes with it? But yeah, I was just like, why is she surprised? Like, that's how you're supposed to eat that. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. A producer asks in an in the ITM if she consummated the marriage, and then there's this whole montage of her laughing over and over again in a cackle kind of embarrassed laughed. And eventually she says, "A lady never kisses and tells," but she told us all in just those cackles that they have smashed. So congratulations! And I'm surprised she didn't say anything, considering how she has no tact. Yeah. I'm surprised she wasn't, like, cracking joke about it. Yeah. It was very, I don't know. She's a strange person. She is. <laughs> so then they're sitting together planning their day, um, and it turns out they're going to go to, like, a, a mixologist kind of activity where they're going to learn mm-hmm. how to make pina coladas. And Mark is down, but he tells her he doesn't want to have several drinks in a fast period of time. And they both kind of, like... <gasps> Excel, right? Mm-hmm. He says he does not want any repeats of day one. And then she tries to say, oh, I was just really tired. And that's what it was. And he's like, oh, no, boo-boo. You had three bottles of wine. How do you have three bottles of wine? Did she have it? There's no way. Do they mean little bottles on the plane? It has or three to. Whole, I would hope so. <laughs> I don't to. know. Because, yeah. I don't know. He says, you you had all that wine with no food or water, and your personality just went to a different level, and he does not want to repeat that. And she says, for his sake, she doesn't want to do that either. For everyone's sake. Right? And next we see them at their little bartending activity. She gives him all the garnish because he's apparently a snackaholic, so he's eating all the pineapple and the cherries and whatever. In an ITM, Mark says that he hasn't had a boring day with his wife yet. He doesn't know if that would be incredible or really boring. It'd probably be incredible if she was just... So they're drinking pina coladas and uh, Mark says he likes it more than he thought. He's not a big pineapple guy. And then Lindsay gets a brain freeze and makes it this whole dramatic moment, which is, again, ridiculous. It's way too long. Yeah, I was like, what's happening? (laughs) And also, how has he never had a pina colada? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe that's not a thing up there. 
I well, and then it's him, like Mister. Is there burgers in Puerto Rico? And I need yeah. to bring eight bags of goldfish. So yeah, I'm guessing he's not really going too far out of his comfort zone. I guess not. But it's just very interesting because he does look like he he stays in shape and whatever. But I guess not diet wise. He's I guess he's not counting macros or whatever. Right. Yeah, he has to work out so he can eat trash. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then it's time for Mark to um, mix the, or make the pina coladas. And so he puts some shades on and they play this cheesy cocktails, Tom Cruise montage music. And he's, you know, doing, dancing and and playing around. Uh, In an ITM, Lindsay says she likes that Mark can loosen up and have fun, but she has to class him up a bit. He's Vinny the Guido. And I was like, wow, that's really rude. And because she's so classy. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Mark has more class in his pinky than she has in her whole body. Ugh. Right. I think I read uh, somewhere online that people were saying like they were just waiting for her to like put a fruit basket on her head and start like dancing around. <laughs> Because she's just playing it up so much. She During is. this pina colada thing. Yeah. Down to her Chiquita banana top. <laughs> so they toast after Mark finishes making the drinks. And Lindsay compliments his mixology skills, saying that was the best one. And then apologizes to the bartender teaching them. And then after that, they sit down and they enjoy their drinks. Uh, and Mark says he should have been a bartender. And Lindsay says that she doesn't date bartenders. It is at this point that Mark is asking about her dating history, to which she says, buckle up. It's a roller coaster. She's dated every engineer in the book. (laughs) Okay. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Mark says he hopes he can live up to these engineers. And I think he, maybe he was taking that as like a hit to his career. Yeah. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. And she says, well, she's not with them now. And they're all cheaters, liars, and stealers. And then she asks about his dating history. And he said he dated in high school and college, but nothing clicked. And after college, that's when he had like his first real love. And the intimacy was good. But when she drank too much, she got too emotional. And it kind of went from I'm in love with you to I love you, but I'm not in love with you. And then, you know, kind of fizzled out after that. He dated someone about a year ago. And it was like the first time during COVID that he dated somebody. And he said that this person, I guess, was pregnant. Was was she pregnant at the time they were talking and that the boyfriend left her because she was pregnant? That's kind of the scenario I got. Yeah, yeah. But then nothing after that. I have a million questions. <laughs> but, Why do you have questions about that? <laughs> she doesn't have any questions. Mr. Nosy all in everybody's business doesn't follow up with any questions. Because that pina colada is hitting. I guess so. So Lindsay tells Mark that it sounds like he's a people pleaser. He takes care of everybody else except himself. And Marcus says that he's more like when he meets someone that he's like a breath of fresh air because they need emotional stability that he can provide. In an ITM, Lindsay says she's learning that Mark has this innate sense to take care of people. It's really admirable and that he has a lot of honor and integrity. But she thinks that Mark doesn't put himself first when he needs to. And she needs to make sure he's honoring himself and his needs with her. And she wants to love him and care for him and support him in his role versus the role he wants her to be in. 
because he's not going to be what she wants unless he's happy and comfortable. She tells him that she's she likes how genuine he is. She can see how he would give to people who are not worthy. He tells her, and, and she's kind of like sitting there reflecting, and he's looking at her. He goes like, you're processing a lot right now. And she tells him, yes, that she's still trying to figure him out, but what she does know she likes. And he's kind of gushing. He's like, yeah, you're glowing. You like me so much. And she jokes about her outfit. She's like, yeah, it's the sleeves. So that's the kind of the end of their little mixology date. Then the next time we see him, of course, after all the drama that happened on the catamaran, the next time we see him is at their romantic dinner by the ocean. And you can tell Marcus just wound up from yet another situation that Lindsay has put them in. He remarks about how nice and calm the night is. And Lindsay says, like, she can see that he's stressed. To which he says he thinks that the wedding was a shock with so many highs. He loves the core things they they have together. They, they share the same core values. They're spot on. And then they're jumping into the honeymoon. And there's so many conflicting things that he's trying, you know, just in trying to get to know her. She doesn't really understand what he means by conflicting things. And right away, he's like, the girl's attacking you. The fight on the plane. These are two situations that affect them trying to get to know each other and go with the flow. He feels that they're going so high at times. It's like a lot for him. It's like he can't breathe and he's just trying to digest everything. He loves that he she wants to take care of him in so many ways, but he wants to take their time and get to know each other in the process and not rush so many of the things that they can do down the road. And she looks super confused and she says, like, what? And he tells her that he wants to slow the process to which she says, then don't marry a stranger which is valid. He says he knows it's it's an accelerated process, but if things get too fast, it won't flow organically. He wants to go slow and not rush. And she still looks confused. She's like, why? And he's again, says he just, we just met where let's go slow and steady, slow and steady wins the race. And she's still trying to get to it. She's like, what are you asking for? And he just says, just go slow and steady. That's all he wants. He doesn't want to get too lovey-dovey because they just met. And here, I kind of side with Lindsay. Then why did we fuck? (laughs) If you want to go slow and steady, we shouldn't have done that. I mean, not with that. Everything else, though. (laughs) No. In an ITM, uh, Mark is trying to explain himself. He says all these different things are affecting his mood. He just wants to go slow and steady so that they can build momentum. He doesn't want her to think that he's not into her. He is into her. But he wants to just take his time and not get crazy lovey-dovey when everything around them is chaotic. Uh, Back at the dinner, he asks what she's thinking about. And for once, she's trying to think about what she's going to say before she's going to say it. (laughs) He then kind of pushes her. He's like, you look really annoyed. She says it's confusing to hear him say that he wants to take it slow when he's the one who jumped all in. So are you all in or are you out? She can slow down, but she has to pull it way back, way, way back. There's no in between for her. And he asked, you can't just take it down a notch. And she says that she can be less, but that means he has to be less and stop taking shits and clogging up the toilets and farting in bed. If you want less and more romance, then she that she doesn't need to see any of that. 
he's giving her a full frontal, chewing with his mouth open, farting with the door open. If he wants her to slow down, he needs to take that note for himself. She's matching him. Yikes. <laughs> this is true, though. Like, I can see this part. Like, I, I rarely agree with, with Lindsay, but this is all true. If he's trying to be romantic, yeah. then don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> he says, you're matching, but that she's still over the top when she's saying mm-hmm. things, which is true. In an ITM, Lindsay says she's just really frustrated and really mad. She doesn't know why he would plan a romantic dinner just to say, let's pull back. Why would they consummate their marriage? Come on, dude. You're so stupid. If this is your idea of a romantic dinner, never plan one for me again. At the table, <laughs> she's like, she's over it. She's like, are we done yet? This is zero romance and I'm ready for bed. In an ITM, Mark says the whole point of this dinner was to tell her where he was at. He thinks they have something really amazing because of their core values. There are a lot of things that have happened that make him uncomfortable, though. He says, as long as he is who he is, that's all he can do. So then they're going back to the room. It's super high tension. And he wants to know if she wants to talk. And she does not want to talk to him, but thanks for the romantic night. She says again that she doesn't want to talk to him all all day. He said that she was great. My wife is so great. You're so great. And then at this dinner, he wants to take take it slow. She says, we can take it to zero. And then she introduces herself all over again, like zero, zero. Like, my name is this. Um, and if you want to take me out on a date, you can give me a call and ask me out. And Mark is just really shocked. He's like, that's how you want to handle it? And she says, kind of. He says, again, that there's so many things going on in his head. He wants to slow everything down because it's hard for him to focus because of everything around him. She asks if he thinks that what happened at dinner was a romantic night. He says he tried to plan a romantic night. And she's like, what part was romantic? And at this point, Mark realizes that this is not going to end well. So he's like, you're not happy right now. So I'm just going to walk away and take a moment. In an ITM, Lindsay's still pissed. And she's like, you could have done better. You really screwed up this one, buddy. And so Mark leaves and... And Lindsay calls him a stupid idiot. Super healthy name calling. Beautiful honeymoon so far. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> yeah. Now I could see where Lindsay is coming from. Just again, let's I know we'll hit on it in after party, but turns out they did consummate their marriage, right? Right. But they had sex that the night before, the morning, the afternoon, and right before this dinner. Yeah. So and now you're telling me oh, I need to slow down. They was getting it in. He, yeah. I was like, and he has to know at this point, she's a hyper emotional person. Right. So you've just done this hyper emotional act with this person. And now you're saying, just I'm out. Yeah. JK. <laughs> so I can get why she's so pissed off. That's, yeah. that's a dick move. He should. <laughs> and then oh, to top it off, I think he was pumping up this, this dinner, like, are you ready for romance? This is going to be so romantic. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. He did not set this up well. <laughs> not at all. And just not the place to talk about it. Not at all. Like, maybe do this tomorrow. <laughs> when, right. when, in the morning when they're not drinking. Right. When they haven't been drinking all day. Because they've been drinking all day. Exactly. Just had this incident on the catamaran. 
Like, it's been a, a whirlwind of a day. Wrong timing, Mark. Wrong timing. <laughs> yeah. Again, if especially if you were pumping this up as, like, hot date night. Mm-hmm. Rose petals everywhere, all over the floor. I'd be, like, kicking this shit out of her. <laughs> so ridiculous. But, yeah, that's it for them. I can't remember what it showed with them on the next. They were kissing and such. That's what I remember. I'm like, oh, I guess they made up. <laughs> Mm, I don't recall. So I guess yeah. it wasn't important. No. Ah, <sighs> Lord. I don't know. I don't know about those two. I, you need, they both need to run away from each other. <laughs> Let's go with, how about Alyssa and Chris? The most romantic couple on honeymoon? Talk about romance. Oh, man. I don't know how they can. The experts have never <laughs> done better. So initially, they're both expressing how they didn't expect their honeymoon to be like this. Chris says that he didn't think he would be lying in bed by himself, for example. It's definitely not what he expected. Then they cut to Alyssa, who says that it sucks waking up without the person she thought she was going to wake up with on her honeymoon. But she's still trying to be optimistic and look at the light at the end of the tunnel. Not the bright side, but the light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Where she is no longer obligated to do this process anymore. (laughs) So then we see her, you know, slugging around the hotel room in her pajamas, getting ready for the day, getting stuff out of her suitcase. She said she hoped that she would be spending her first morning with her husband, but unfortunately that's not the case. These are the cards she's been dealt, and she hopes that her and Chris can figure out where this journey is going to take them. Then she goes on this whole woe is me like monologue thing where she just doesn't understand how this is happening to her or why. Um, And like I said on Twitter, this is happening to you because you signed up to be on a nationally televised TV show where you agreed to get married to a complete stranger. That's why this is happening to you. This isn't like some chance or like (laughs) the universe is making... You literally signed up to do this. Why are you confused? (laughs) I I don't understand her. Uh, Then they go to Chris's room and he says that waking up alone on his honeymoon is not the way he wanted uh, things to be. He says that he thinks Alyssa truly believes that he's disrespecting her because she views disagreement as disrespect. He says that he expected to have, um, you know, incompatibilities with his spouse, but he didn't expect for it to come like the very first day and be so drastic and dramatic. Yeah. He wanted to be married because he wants a next level relationship and you can only get that by putting in work. Uh, He says he hasn't given up hope yet. Uh, He's not happy with where things are right now, but he still thinks there could be a chance. I don't know why, but he does. So the next scene we see of them is uh, paddle boarding. He's getting everything set up and the more he says the more that he tries to interact with Alyssa, the more she pushes back. So maybe doing an activity could help yeah it doesn't um <laughs> the go yard bag made it to the beach why are you taking a three thousand dollar bag to the beach i don't know uh, but yeah i feel like production really had to do some work to put this together yeah <laughs> um uh chris this is his first time on a paddle board and you can tell because he just is <laughs> continually just falling down da- falling down and falling into the water uh, Alyssa finds this hilarious because she's a trash person. <laughs> she's just taking full glee in him falling down. 
and falling into the water. When I saw my husband try paddle boarding for the first time, it was pretty funny too. <laughs> but it's different because we know Alyssa hates Chris. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it was amusing. And he did eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, during the whole thing, all she does is make snarky comments at him and uh, laugh. Yeah. And in ITM, despite this, Chris says that spending the day with Alyssa was good. Uh, he says they're getting into a comfortable place where they can just hang out. He thinks that she's a fun-loving person and enjoyable uh, to be around. Was he at the same paddleboarding <laughs> session? <laughs> He's grasping. He's grasping um, at this yeah. point. Poor guy. He's earning that check, baby. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, uh, we see them lounging on the beach, and Chris comments that this is more of Alyssa's speed, just kind of kicking back and relaxing. And she says, yes, period. <laughs> Then there's a long, awkward pause, and then Chris says that he wants to let her know that he doesn't think that he did a good job of letting her know that he thinks that she's actually a cool person, and he apologizes for that. Now, Alyssa does say thank you. Uh, She says that she wants them to come off as united, because no matter how they feel personally, the experts just didn't do this right. So rude. And, you know, that's what she's mostly upset about. Yeah. They just really mismatched her. Then she tells us who the real expert is. She says that (laughs) she uh, went to see a psychic who told her she was going to find her soulmate. And Chris laughs at first. And he's like, uh, like for real? Or were this just like for fun? Like on a whim? Let's just try it out. And she says, no, the psychic was really spot on about stuff that's happened. Was really specific, especially surrounding looks and features of this soulmate. So then Chris takes the bait and says, okay, what was this person supposed to look like? And Alyssa says that they were supposed to have pretty eyes and an eagle tattoo. You know, more context around this tattoo thing in (laughs) After Party. And we'll talk about it. But... Again, Chris laughs like, what kind of cuckoo shit is this? Eagle tattoo. (laughs) Valid. And he says in the ITM that, you know, the method Alyssa uses to pick a soulmate is up to her. (laughs) A psychic is not something he believes in. So he's not putting any value in any of this at all. Yeah. And he's also not looking to get a tattoo anytime soon either. If I was him, I would go to one of those temporary tattoo places they have at the beaches. Yeah, would be so freaking funny. <laughs> so the next day, we see them uh, meeting for coffee in the morning. They exchange pleasantries, and Chris says that they're going to go snuba-ing, which is a mix of snorkeling and scuba diving. You know, this is going to give them a chance to do an activity, and this is something he's really excited about doing. And he's excited about doing it with her. It'll give them a chance to at least be close to each other and spend time together. Maybe talk. The last thing that he wants to do is push and make things worse at this point. So it goes back to them at the um, hotel. And he's, again, explaining to her what Snooba is and, you know, how he's excited. And she says, "Um, yeah, I guess I'll watch you do it from the shore because... I don't want to do that. So you can just tell me about it after. And he's like, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do this with me or you don't like this activity. And she's like, no, I don't. She's just a peach. Isn't that how she was described before? (laughs) Yeah. I just, I wouldn't want a vacation with her ever anywhere. (laughs) I mean, she looks like two tons of fun. And here's where we get um, 
production, y'all are being nasty and mean. Like, y'all don't have to be so shady. So at that point, they head out to the beach and we see Chris is getting all hooked up with his equipment to do the snuba diving or whatever. And he tells her that they have to put like weights on him to weigh him down so he doesn't float, but he lied about his weight. Then we see an ITM of Alyssa saying that this is the first time she's ever seen Chris with his shirt off and she doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So she's trying to be careful with her words, but Chris is not her type physically, but she thinks it's okay to say that. You didn't have to say that. You didn't have to say that at all. You would say, I'm not answering that question. It's me. Exactly. <laughs> That's what a normal person would say. Right. And then they show a montage of him doing this snuba diving and the fish and the ocean and it looks all beautiful. And then her standing on the beach mm-hmm. by herself. Yeah, I don't, I, I have like a, a fear of water, so I don't know if I could ever do something like that, but mm-hmm. it looks really cool. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know if I'd do it either, but it does look Yeah, I just cool. can't have a bunch of water around my head. I panic. I'm a panicker. Which is not good to do in the water. <laughs> no, not at that's all. That's how you drown. <laughs> I know, that's, that's why I don't do that. <laughs> good on you. Uh, but eventually, I guess she gets bored of standing around. And goes back into the hotel, like, restaurant and is getting food. And she's telling the producer that she doesn't want to go scuba diving. She doesn't want to see the ocean floor. Blah, blah, blah. Just complaining. So the producer's like, well, what do you want to do then? Do you think um, people were saying that she didn't know she was being filmed because the angle was all wonky? Mm. Do you think that's true? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. I didn't even think about that, but that is true. Mm-hmm. Because it was a very unflattering angle. Uh-huh. And like if someone just laid it on the table. Uh-huh. Hmm. Something to think about. And again, yeah, we don't, they of course want us to, this is reality TV. So we don't want to be hearing and seeing from producers. So mm-hmm. the fact that we are hearing a conversation with production. Yeah, it could be. Intentional. Sneaky leak. Mm-hmm. So again, the producer asks, you know, what does she want to do? And she's like, I don't know, leave. haha see that free vacation isn't so free is it (laughs) but then we see chris talking about how much fun he had and how beautiful the ocean is and at the same time he doesn't he didn't uh, anticipate doing all this stuff on the honeymoon by himself then they cut back to Alyssa, who's talking to the producer still and she says that she's mad at her mom because (laughs) She called her mom and was venting and complaining about everything that's going on. And she tells her mom that she didn't want to go swimming with Chris because that's not an activity. Paddleboarding was different because she didn't necessarily have to be next to him. And her mom's advice was just do it. Not that big of a deal. Who cares? Yeah. Which I'm sure she said to Alyssa, who knows how much in life. Right. But also, you're not going to be talking to him. It's underwater, underwater, bitch. Exactly. (laughs) But then her mom also advises her that she should be, I guess, playing along more because she doesn't want to come off a certain way on TV. Mm -hmm. But according to Alyssa, she has been literally the nicest person to literally everyone. (laughs) But on the contrary, Alyssa's mom says, no, you're being difficult. At this point, Alyssa starts crying and saying that everyone has someone here 
And even if they're not getting along perfectly, they're still having a good time. I'm stuck here. It's fucking raining. And I don't want to fucking go swimming with him. I'm not happy. (laughs) Very good. Thank you. (laughs) Spot on. They show him like waddling up to the table. (laughs) And she's like, can you tell him not to come over here? I do not like him. But, like, he hasn't done anything to her. This is what I don't understand. Nothing. Like, are we missing something? Because no. we haven't seen them interacting or having conversations other than that they are not compatible. Yes. Yeah, he, he, like you said, literally has not done anything to her at all. All he's, I mean, he's trying to make the best of it. And she's just being, like her mom said, difficult. Just making mm-hmm. it harder for everyone. At some point, I, if I were Squish, I'd be like, all right, bye. I'm going to go drink by myself and make friends and do things I want to do and not mess with you or waste another second in Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. I couldn't imagine being having to like deal with her and deal with this. Like it's, it's not even, it's not even worth the trouble. Like obviously she's, she's putting in zero. So why do I have to be punished even further? Right. But again, like next episode, there's, she does make it to another outfit. <laughs> so she's, I guess, sticking it out. She can't leave like she wants to. Mm-mm. But this is like, could you imagine? You have to put up with this for eight weeks. Like that's insufferable. Yeah. I know Chris is disappointed, but he lucked out. <laughs> right? Dodged a bullet for sure. Yeah. You don't want to be trapped with this woman for eight weeks Mm-mm. or for life. <laughs> But isn't the word next episode is kind of it for them? Yeah, I think um, episode six is the last we'll see of them. Supposedly, and spoiler, I guess we should have said spoiler alert, but um, they take two different flights home. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the word on the street. I feel like I read in the episode description for next week something about their marriage license. Something Like something happens when they're supposed to be signing it. Which I assume means they don't. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel I feel like I saw that. Again, the episode descriptions be given a give a lot, give more than you expect. And I'll have to start reading them. Yeah, I remember taking a glance. I can't remember if it was the description for the show or for after party. One of them. But yeah, we'll see on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's that's all that happened for them in the episode. Good. Not much can happen when you don't spend any time together. <laughs> right. We'll go to the polar opposite of them and go to Noi and Steve. They seem like they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. So we first see them waking up next to each other, cuddling and kissing and being cute. And in ITM, Noi says that it's nice waking up with her husband. It doesn't feel strange at all, but they're still trying to get to know each other. But they're really comfortable. And they're just, like I said, cuddled up in bed, looking cute and smooching. Steve tells her he can lip kiss before brushing teeth, but no tongue action. And Noi's like, noted. Okay. <laughs> it's weird. And ITM, again, Noi said that they haven't had sex yet, but she wouldn't be surprised if it happened sooner than later. Next, we see him sitting down for breakfast. Steve tells her that on the road, he's been cooking for himself a lot and that he had to go get things for him to eat. So it's really nice for having a 
to have breakfast come to him. She says now that they're on their honeymoon and um, hopefully they can go and see the ocean today and, and get to know each other better throughout the day. Um, Steve says that he wants to find a campground on the ocean to which Noe's like, I don't like camping. And he kind of probes her, what don't you like about it? And she says she doesn't like that there's no bathroom or shower. And he rebuts with, well, campgrounds sometimes have showers and bathrooms. And you could just tell she's just, it's a distaste for her. She's like, no, that is not the same thing. <laughs> exactly. I am Noi. No, thank you. Yeah. See, I've never been camping, but I think I'd try it once. No, I have no desire whatsoever. <laughs> Unless it's glamping. I do, yeah. Glamping looks cute. I'd be down for that. So in an ITM, Steve seems pretty disappointed by this. He says he loves going on these adventures and a big par- it's a par- big part of who he is. And he always wanted a wife to share that with. So the fact that she doesn't like camping, ugh, doesn't like that. She continues, uh, says she doesn't like sleeping outside. Um, and he kind of ends the conversation like, well, we should still do it one day this week. And uh, she's like, that's fine, as long as it's inside. That's <laughs> uh, not how it works. <laughs> not exactly. So later on in the morning, afternoon, they're having a picnic by the ocean. They got a cute little charcuterie board set up. And Steve says he knows that she's lactose intolerant. So he is questioning whether she's staying clear of all the cheese or is it going to be worth the sacrifice? <laughs> And she says that she's going to wait till they're married a little longer before they even go there. (laughs) In an ITM, she feels like they are emotionally bonded at this point. And chemistry-wise, they're doing really well. She feels attracted to him and comfortable. They're hugging, they're kissing, they're holding hands. And she feels lucky that they're hitting it off so well. Steve says it feels crazy that it's only day three for them and everything is happening so fast and everything's progressing so fast. They had a great wedding. They had some good times. And even last night she asked him if he was ready for bed and he made a face and immediately she knew that he had to take a dump. (laughs) Why are they telling us this? I don't know. I have no idea, but apparently like people are asking what he's, afraid of and this was what he was afraid of the first time he had to take a poop in front of her (laughs) but she says like in any other dating scenario they would be trying to hide these things and you know but now he's the husband and they can just laugh and just try and make each other comfortable when it's awkward Uh, Steve says the good news is his schedule is clear and he doesn't have any more meetings for the day so no more poops for him the rest of the day awesome (laughs) good to know thank you in an ITM, uh, Noi says she feels so, again, feels so comfortable with Steve and it's eerie. She can honestly say she's never felt this connected so early on with a person. She feels like she's falling in love with him. After their, the little interview she has with the producer, she's looking for Steve and he's sitting on this little rock wall. Mm-hmm. And so she decides this is the point in time to tell him what she just told the producers, that she's slowly falling in love with him. To which Steve says, okay, that's nice to hear. And she makes a stank face. (laughs) Why? Why did she say this? I don't know. I have no idea. He says that they both agree that they have strong feelings for each other. And she says she guesses she has strong feelings for him. And he says, don't be offended. (laughs) 
that he, he does have feelings for her, but it's day three. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Which is why you should have never said anything, Noi. Jeez. I know. I think, again, I think she's just getting caught up in the paradise of it all, you know? Yeah. The ro- yeah, and, and I think everybody had said this entire time that she's a romantic, and she just is all swept up in marrying a stranger and them clicking and everything going well for them, no hiccups so far, and, and then she just, you know, it's, it's an emotional overload. She just yeah. had to say it. And they continue this conversation later on. Um, they're also having dinner by the ocean. Noi asks how he's feeling about the honeymoon so far. And he's saying it's a lot of fun. Things are going really fast, but they're really connected. And Noi agrees. She says their physical chemistry. She feels that they're on track with everything. And she's and she's also surprised that it came so naturally. Uh, the emotional connection. She thinks with her heart. And if she feels strongly for someone, she's going to tell them. She's not going to think too hard about it. She's just going to say it. So that's her kind of explanation of what happened earlier in the day. Steve says after they talked earlier about their feelings, he felt that she was unhappy with his response. She said that it's not really what she wanted to hear. And he kind of reels her back in. He says, based on how things are going, they have the potential for love for sure. He says he has to honor himself and take time to know for sure before he says it out loud. He says they don't even know each other raw or fully yet. She kind of agrees and says they need to talk about what they need to know from each other that could be a potential issue. This is when they bring up the cheating that, um, you know, before they had talked about on the boat. Mm-hmm. And she says um, that she cheated. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You put a finger down because you gave me a big side eye. And I didn't even notice that you put a finger down. (laughs) (laughs) She said she did, but she was shocked that he put a finger down because she thought that he was just this little angel. And he asked for the circumstances around the cheating. And it's kind of young kind of stuff. Uh, She says it's she was 18 or 19 years old. She didn't want to acknowledge that she was unhappy in her relationship, and then she cheated. She's not proud of it, um, and she's not proud of how her actions contributed to another person's feelings. And it still haunts her, and she still thinks about it till this day. Steve basically says same. He was around that same age when he cheated on his first girlfriend. It was a long-term relationship. She found out and was really hurt by it. He didn't know the true consequences of his actions. He told himself from here on out, have that conversation, If they need a breakup or be on a break, do it because you owe it to that person. He then says he understands Noi's cheating because she was so young like him. If she was cheating in her 30s, that would be a different issue. He doesn't think that it's a red flag, especially if she learned and grew from it. And Noi says she thinks she did. (laughs) I'd hope so. That's what Steve says. (laughs) Plus, everything before 21 doesn't count. There you go. That's a rule. Yep. Evening continues on with some late night swimming and some late night smooching. Uh, turns out Noi can't swim, uh, but she's getting a little more comfortable in the water. In an ITM, Steve says he's excited. This is the first time in the pool with barely any clothes on and Noi looks hot. So they're kissing and she asks him if he likes kissing her on a scale of 1 to 100. He says when it's just the two of them, it's closer to 100. But when the camera's around, it's like mid-50s. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's a jump. And you can tell because she's just like pecking him. They're not yeah. really like going hard or anything. Um, she understands. And then she thinks he's crying, but he's not crying. 
in an ITM. She says she's enjoying this moment in paradise with her husband. Steve tells her that he likes her a lot. And to which she says, on a scale from one to a hundred, how much do you like me? And he again, he says, between 50 and 100. She says that's the least romantic thing that she's ever heard in her whole life. It ends with Noi in an ITM. She says she feels very lucky because she's fallen in love once in her whole life. And she thought that was going to be it. And she was grateful for that one time. But she feels lucky because she she feels like it's going to happen again with Steve. And she's so grateful for a second chance. Steve is that for her, but he doesn't know that yet. And then they're making out, and that's where their segment ends. Happy as clams. But on a scale from 1 to 100, how happy do you think they are? Between 50 and 100. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't stop doing that. <laughs> You're setting yourself up for failure, for oh, disappointment. Man. All right, last couple, and then we'll go into after party. Just Mina and Michael. Ay, 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 these two, too. Just I know, I thought... I, I really thought they would be clicking more, but they're just finding things to pick at each other. Yeah, so we're waking up. Day two, honeymoon. Michael is bringing Jasmina breakfast in bed. Looks like some fruit and coffee. Michael says that he's really going to try to get her into coffee during their honeymoon. But Jasmina says that it's not that she doesn't like coffee. She just doesn't like like it the way he drinks it, which is like straight up black. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Jasmina is on like frappuccino levels. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess he tried to make the coffee to her liking, but it still wasn't right. So then he does what he should have done in the first place and actually asks her um, how <laughs> she likes to take her coffee so he can get it right the next day. And she says she likes a caramel iced coffee with sugar and cream. So we'll see next episode if he gets it right. Uh, then they start doing a little bit of small talk. They talk about how they slept the night before. Jasmina says that she slept good, but she couldn't help but notice that he knocked out pretty early. She actually left him in the room to sleep and went to explore the resort on her own. So he went to bed that early. So again, we're already seeing this schedule thing. Yeah. Gonna be an issue. It's like, really? You can't even stay up on your honeymoon to get to know your wife? No, it's eight o'clock. I'm so tired. <laughs> I know they didn't even have a time change. They're still in the same time zone, right? Yeah, I think so. Then he says that he did notice when she actually did come to bed and that he was up thinking. So then they start talking about the argument they had the day before. Michael says that it was a little tiffed, not a huge deal. But ever since the wedding, there's been uh, some distance between them. And uh, you can see Jasmina gives him a face and is like, okay, what is this about to turn into? Yeah. <laughs> Where's this going? And Michael asks her if she thinks he's one-sided in his way of thinking. And she says, absolutely. He says that he would like for them to make more progress in their connection. And he feels that the reason they aren't that connected is because he's quiet and introverted. He's afraid of not putting 100% into this. Okay. This is the first point where I get lost. How are you afraid of something you have 100% control of? How are you afraid you're not putting 100% into it? You are the one, if you want to put into it, put into it. Like, yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> you're the one pouring the glass. <laughs> right. And he ke and he says this uh, throughout the episode. And I'm just like, I don't know, what? I don't get it. So in an interview, uh, Jasmina says that she thinks that Michael is definitely overthinking because 
This is the first thing on his mind as soon as he wakes up. If he continues to get inside of his head when it comes to things, he's going to be the one that ultimately ruins this relationship and the experiment. Yeah. Uh, they cut back to them having breakfast in bed, and Jasmina tells Michael that she has the nagging thought in her head about what his sister said, essentially about him being uh, pessimistic. He always assumes the worst. Uh, he doesn't necessarily expect the worst, but he assumes he assumes it so that he doesn't get disappointed. Then, you know, they show the clip of his sisters explaining that to her. Then Jasmina asks him, how is he even able to come to any kind of conclusion after only being a couple hours into the honeymoon? Like, where is this all coming from? Yeah. He says it's because this is a unique situation and he doesn't want to mess it up. So maybe he is overthinking, but that's because this is really serious to him. He has a ring on his finger now and it makes, and he has to make a conscious decision to get to know her in every little moment. It's crucial. And so, yes, he is overthinking and may be being negative, but it's because he doesn't want to ruin this. <laughs> and she tells him, you're going to ruin it by doing this. <laughs> Just chill out. Go with the flow. Yeah, have fun. But no. You've never been to this place. You've never been with this woman. Get to know her. Have a good time. Drink. Be crazy. He can't do any of that. No. And like we said back on the group excursion, he tells the guys he's not going with the flow. <laughs> like he consciously knows he's not going with the flow. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but the next scene we see of them, they are pulling up to the like swim up bar at the resort and they have these delicious looking pineapple drinks. Mm -hmm. I would like one of those, even though I'm not supposed to have pineapple. <laughs> Uh, Jasmina says that it's only been a couple of days that they've been married, but just that morning, Michael is saying they haven't learned anything about each other. She also talks about him um, overthinking. It'll ultimately bring negativity into what they're trying to build. So the sooner they can get a deeper bond and connection, the better it would be. So back at the pool, she kind of piggybacks off the conversation in bed and she mentions again the sister's comment. She says she doesn't want to keep bringing it up, but it's kind of the elephant in the room. She then asks him if it was a problem in his last relationship or if that's why it ended. Michael says that he's been single for a while, but the reason he's been single is, again, he felt like he wasn't putting 100% into those relationships. He tells her that he doesn't want to make the same mistake, but she comes back and says, okay, well, if you've been single all this time, why do you think you're able to put 100% in now for some reason? Yeah. He says that, he just wants the person to be with to know that he's trying to put 100% in. Mm -mm. So if there's ever a time where it seems like he's not, that makes him nervous. What? He, he's giving me uh, Zach vibes here mm -hmm. with his word salad. Mm -hmm. Yep, I have that in my notes later during, <laughs> <laughs> during another conversation they have. Because I'm just like, what is he talking about? He says that it's technically overthinking but he just is trying not to make the same mistakes so jasmina asked him what made him this way why did he become this person did something happen or what and then he starts talking about all the loss that he's had in his past his brother his parents friends his grandma and with experiencing so much loss over and over again it gives him you know that grim pessimistic outlook he always thinks something is going to go wrong because that's kind of how history has played out for him. Uh, Jasmina says she understands that, but there's two ways of thinking. She says that some people could look at that 
negatively, or they could look at it as a chance to seize the day because time is short, you know, make the most out of everything, have no regrets. Michael tries to reassure her that, you know, he isn't unhappy. He's a happy person, but it's, this is just kind of a coping mechanism for him. He tends to think of the worst so that if the scenario does play out, he's not as hurt by it. In ITM, he says dealing with loss in his life has made it difficult for him to open up and be vulnerable and really let someone in. He's always been a lone wolf who goes through things on his own and processes things by himself. And now after years of doing that, that's kind of become who he is and it's been blocking his relationships. Back at the pool, Michael asked Jasmina if she thinks his overthinking makes her nervous. And she says, yeah, she doesn't think it's a good thing, especially in a relationship. It's going to take him out of being in the moment with her. It's going to take away from good things happening because he's going to be too preoccupied with worrying about when the other foot's going to drop and everything's going to go bad. And that'll ultimately hold them back. And that's where that conversation ends. Doesn't sound (laughs) particularly hopeful. Not at all. Just like, why is any of this mess coming up at all? (laughs) Right. Like, why are we rehashing this conversation? (laughs) Yeah. The next scene we see is... Jasmina on a diary cam basically and she's telling us that her and Michael had breakfast on the balcony and they were talking about the catamaran boat trip from the day before when they were having the group discussion about consummating their marriage. Uh, He says that she cut him off when he was explaining why they hadn't yet and then they show a clip where he clearly asks how many days they've been married. He stops talking and then she starts talking There's a period at the end of that sentence. It was a question. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't answer the question, but she started talking. (laughs) So you ended your statement. Yeah. It was not a cutoff. (laughs) Right. So basically he's upset about it and feels like he deserves an apology from her, but she doesn't feel like she cut him off. Nonetheless, he's insistent because he was there and he knows what happened. So at that point, she you know, says she's not going to apologize because she doesn't feel in her heart that she did anything wrong. She can only apologize for the way he feels. So basically the classic unapology. Right. And he's not satisfied with that answer. At this point, Jasmina says that he's being really aggressive with his words and his tone. And she does not appreciate it because it's disrespectful and rude. She's also at this point annoyed, upset, and hurt. She is not going to tolerate disrespect at all. Why would you even want to be with someone who can't even have a civil conversation? That is not the way to start out a relationship. So right now she is not feeling him at all and doesn't really know what's going to happen going forward. She doesn't want to be in the same room as him, let alone in a marriage. Michael is really messing this up for himself. This is when I said he was giving Zach vibes. (laughs) Like, and, you know, we said this from the beginning. Like, why are you making this into like nothing into a huge fight and it's stupid anyway like what was so important about you telling the other couples you didn't have sex that's making you so mad like what important statement were you going to say yeah and why couldn't you just say it after right after her (laughs) that's what I didn't get like like you were gonna have this thought-provoking yeah Yeah, like yeah (laughs) we're not having sex because I don't know you (laughs) period (laughs) so next we see them at their romantic dinner on the beach and 
Michael explains that they had a turbulent morning and hopefully this dinner will relieve some of the tension. I mean, who can complain about a romantic dinner by the water? You're with your beautiful woman. It should be perfect, right? Unless you pick an argument. (laughs) (laughs) So he asked Jasmina if she has any expectations for him as a husband. And she says if she can be honest, she expects for him to speak to her respectfully. Again, she brings up the old shit and starts talking about the argument from the morning and how he was so adamant about her cutting him off. Then him not accepting her apology. He tells her that saying, I'm sorry you feel that way is the same as it is what it is. And that's not an apology in his opinion. And she again tells him she's not going to apologize by saying, oh, I'm sorry I cut you off because she didn't cut him off. (laughs) But she is sorry if he's upset about what happened. So then he goes on to be like, well, if the tables were turned, would you be okay with me just saying, I'm sorry for how you feel? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Cause that's sometimes what people say. And he's like, well, you would just let it go that easy? And she says, yeah, I'd be 100% fine with that. And he's like, well, I guess we're just different in that regard then. And she's like, no, it's not that we're different. It's just that that's what people say when they're not sorry for what they did. (laughs) She says that he wants her to apologize in XYZ. She's not going to do that. People sometimes say, no, I'm sorry for how you feel. Then Michael's like, I don't care about what people say. I'm not married to people. I'm married to you. And da, 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 da. This is another guy who's just not ready for marriage. He has a lot of work to do on himself. Yeah. But yeah, at the end of the day, she tells him, you know, I'm not going to apologize like you want me to. Then he says he feels like they're talking in circles. They just have to agree to disagree. And in ITM, we see Jasmina saying again, she doesn't feel like she cut him off. But then they show the interview with him. And he says, in my head, when we were there, I thought she cut me off. That's two different things. That's you misremembering it. (laughs) Yes. Back at the dinner table, he asks her, Uh, you know, what she's thinking. And she says, you know, I'd like some more to drink. She needs another rum punch to like get through this dinner. (laughs) So at this point, he kind of recognizes that this is a losing battle. And he says that going forward, whatever way she chooses to apologize to him is what he's going to accept. So now he does accept her apology. And she rolls her (laughs) eyes at him. And he's like, what? Why are you like giving me the face? And she's like, are you for real? Or are you just trying to like wrap up this scene so we can go to bed? (laughs) Right. Did we just waste a whole freaking day arguing over something stupid (laughs) for you to say, nah, I'm gone. I'm good now. I take it back. (laughs) But he says, no, he genuinely accepts it because she really in her heart does not believe she cut him off. So, okay. He says in the future though, instead of uh, holding it, he'll just point it out in the moment so they can have like a real conversation about it at that time. I guess. <laughs> that's Jasmina's thinking because she does not seem too pleased with that like okay so you want to just argue at that time <laughs> like but the reason you didn't argue at that is because it didn't happen she didn't cut you off <sighs> nonetheless the, uh she goes into um his aggressiveness and she lets him know about his delivery and his tone and stuff that was not cool with her it really threw her off guard and it really turned her off to him so he apologizes to her and says that it's something that he's working on. 
He's heard it from multiple people in his life, his sisters, his friends, past relationships. He says that it's never never intentional for him to sound aggressive, abrasive, or condescending, or even flippant, but it can come off that way, and he's trying to work on it. This is a red flag. This is a red flag. Mm-hmm. Why is everybody saying this to you? <laughs> right? <laughs> he says that it's something he wants to nip in the bud immediately once they get back to Boston. And Jasmina says, okay, I appreciate that. You're willing to work on yourself, but it's this whole situation still doesn't sit well with her. But basically she just has to put her faith that he is going to do what he says. And hopefully she can see him differently if he does uh, change his ways. So yikes. Doesn't look great. (laughs) I wish we would have seen this balcony breakfast. Right unfortunately not i know we saw everybody else's oh we saw them have breakfast another day they had the fruit and the nasty coffee do you remember what their preview was um yeah they like are at a waterfall or something and he was saying oh and they're having a good time yeah he said it was like the first time she smiled on the whole honeymoon yikes like the last day (laughs) right that is the show all right, let's jump into after party real quick, and we'll do the highlights. Um, Katina, Steve, and Lindsay were the guests. The drink was Trouble in Paradise, and it's kind of just their take on sex in the beach. So right off the bat, Keisha asks Steve about his reaction to Noi admitting that she was falling in love with him, and then they show the clip, and it's him saying, okay, thanks for sharing. <laughs> And everybody kind of cringes and it's kind of funny. And again, we, I already kind of explained it, but he just says, you know, they're in paradise. It's only been three days. We had to come back to reality. And, it, it, you know, it was kind of freaking him out and it would freak anybody out, really. And Keisha asks him, oh no, Keisha tells him that, you know, she, no, he didn't say, I love you. And he goes, it doesn't matter because that's what he heard and just kind of weirded him out. He said that when the cameras were off, she admitted that she jumped the gun and it ended up helping them because it, she fell back a little bit and gave him a little bit of space, which he needed. And it was just good from there on out. So it didn't really throw him off too much. At this point, she turns to Lindsay, who has also said that she loves Mark and ends up, Lindsay says that she told Mark that she loves him on the ride back from the catamaran trip. So she didn't hold on to that very long. That secret that she needed to keep to herself. Uh, She says that Mark will look shocked and was like, really? Already? Uh, Keisha asked if that was the quickest that Lindsay has ever told anybody that she loves him. And she said, yeah. And that she usually doesn't say it first. People say it to her. And she does the Steve uh, thing and says, okay, thanks. And gives back to them in five to ten business days. She spilled I love you before his let's take it slow dinner. Yes. Yes. That's probably why he said it. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Because that's too yeah. much. We can have sex and have fun and be cool, but dropping the L word a little early. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then uh, Keisha asks the panel what they think of Steve and Noi, and Katina just thinks they're the cutest and that they're going to make it. And uh, oh, at one point, Keisha asks Steve if, if he wishes she didn't say it and he says no that it was nice to hear and that it was good that they made that kind of progress and uh, he called it out so that they can balance each other out and not overwhelm each other so it ended up being a good thing and then 
then we get to the conversation with Olajuwon and his dalliance with the mother and the daughter. So Keisha asked Katina to call Olajuwon and people on the Reddit streets think this was a spoiler because he answers, what's up, my love? So indicating that they're still together past decision day, but we don't know when this was filmed. <laughs> we do know this is after decision day. Is it after decision yeah. day? I thought they filmed half of it before and another half after. I don't remember. But either way. Production didn't leave that in for no reason. Like, Right, right. They want us to see it. Yeah. So Keisha asks about the experience. I think Lindsay calls this family time, which is disgusting. <laughs> and then Elijah one tells the story. So basically his cousin was disrespected by some guy. So Elijah one took it upon himself to go find out who this guy's mom is and sleep with her to mess with him. <laughs> then about a month or so later, the daughter was hanging out at the cousin's house so he decides to sleep with her, too. He says that the mother gave him an education, and then he, in turn, educated the daughter. Disgusting. So the mother doesn't drive and called Olajuwon to pick him up, pick her up at the uh, train station. And when he gets there, the daughter is there, too. When they leave, they both pat him on the back, and that's about all. Oh. It was. Him saying that she doesn't drive like makes me think she's like elderly. <laughs> Which makes it even more gross. So gross. Also him saying that he gave an education to the daughter makes me makes it sound like she's young. Which she's is also young. gross. I don't it's yes. all just nasty. It's really, really bad. But that's where they leave Ugh. it. The next thing Keisha asks about is the Lindsay Katina drama. And Lindsay says her piece, and it's basically Lindsay tries to turn it around and is now saying that she was triggered by Katina, not Olajuwon. And Katina tells her side of the story, and Keisha kind of she cuts in and is like, at the end of the day, Lindsay is not getting the cultural context of this argument. Mm -hmm. It is a black man and a white woman arguing in a public space. And statistically, if things go sideways, he could get hurt. Right. She is putting him in harm's way. And that is what she's not getting out of this whole thing. And um, after that, I think Keisha asked Katina if, you know, they could ever heal from this. And she says she just needs space. She asked the same of Lindsay. And Lindsay says she's willing to give people second chances. I bet you are. So. <laughs> As someone that probably needs them right. very often. Yeah. Keisha then asked the panel about the Lisa and Chris situation. And they show a clip of Lindsay saying, uh, Alyssa saying that she's a nice person. Lindsay says that nice people usually don't say that they're nice. People, Other people do, which is, true. is true. Katina says it's sad because she knows Alyssa and they're only showing one side of things. And she is a kind person. And then they get into this psychic thing, right? So it turns out the psychic said that Alyssa's husband would have a lion tattoo. And Steve has a big lion tattoo on his chest. Mm -hmm. So when Noi found this out, she was in tears. Because then she's thinking Steve was supposed to be set up with Alyssa. And that their fate is ruined and whatever. And then Alyssa was 
it kind of did a, a better, I, I didn't expect it from her. She's like, oh, no, no, it wasn't a lion tattoo. It was an eagle tattoo. So that Noi wouldn't be so upset. So that's why they said eagle tattoo in the show. Then they jump into Lindsay and Mark's thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically what we already touched on, that he was pumping this dinner up as, like, the most romantic thing ever. And she was going to feel all the romance. And then he drops the bomb on him where they need to slow it down. Keisha asks about the sex. And they're like, yeah, we had sex three times that day. And that's why she was so pissed off. It was because he's saying one thing and doing another. And Katina agrees with her, like, there's no pumping of the brakes after sex. That's not going to happen. And then, uh, then they talk about... Uh, Katina's emotional conversation with Elijah uh, Wan and they show the clip of her crying all the tears and Keisha's like wiping a tear because she's so moved by Elijah Wan's romantic gesture Shut up. <laughs> I know it's like no 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 uh, Katina just explains that she's never had someone do something so romantic for her they did not have sex that night they just cuddled she doesn't want to have sex because she does not want to be digmatized <laughs> But yeah, um, they, they ask uh, their opinions on Katina and Elijah and Lindsay thinks that it's a beautiful clip and they're a great match. Steve says that a lot of the time Elijah is misread, but mm. he's a really good guy and he's taking notes hmm. from him. That's interesting. I thought so. But that was it. That was After Party. Very interesting. Yeah, After Party has given us a lot more than, what was the other shit called? Oh, what was it Unfiltered. Called? unfiltered yeah. yeah i feel like after party we're actually learning some things unfiltered which is just nonsense <laughs> although they need to start putting after party on after the damn episode i'm not trying to stay up till midnight to watch that shit i don't i don't, I don't either <laughs> i watch it the next I, day yeah i watch it online yeah me too <laughs> but that's it that's the show unless you have any other comments on uh, after party no, you, you wrapped it up all right Okay, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining us as we cover Mary at First Sight, season 14. Remember to continue the conversation on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Chiefs McQueens Podcast and on Twitter at Chiefs McQueens. Remember, Igby live tweets on Wednesday during the show. And uh, so hit her up over there. She's she's always having a good time. And the memes. I love the memes, Igby. Everyone does, too. So remember to help other Chismosas find us and share, rate, and review, and subscribe. Five stars, five stars, five stars. Yes. Anything else, nope. Igby? We shall see what they have in store for us on Wednesday. Hopefully that's the last honeymoon episode. I'm ready for them to get back to Boston and get real. <sighs> Same. I hope so. Jesus. It's only day three, though. Know, and they're usually there for like a week. Yeah, they are. Hmm. Well, maybe it'll be four, five, six, seven. <laughs> This next episode. <laughs> oh, oh, funny. Okay, y'all. Bye. See ya.